to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, and I am super excited to be back with you once again after a month-long sabbatical. I took a month off so that I could seek the Lord and that I could have time for rest and have time to really take time to get acclimated to the city that the Lord has transitioned me and my family into. And I thank and praise the Lord that I was able to really come back into contact with who I am as a single widowed woman. You know, I had lived as a married woman for 12 years and my husband transitioned. The Lord called him home to glory September 7th of last year a matter of fact. And when he did, the Lord allowed me by his grace and mercy to transition into my new role as a widowed single woman. And I just wanted to share with you all this evening something that the Lord had given to me to encourage you all that are listening and that might find yourself in this situation. We all know the story of Ruth. And we know that she was the daughter-in-law of Naomi. We know that she faced a loss, lost her husband, and she transitioned from being a wife to a widow. And we know that her journey was one of tragedy. However, we also know that the Lord turned that whole situation around. He was right there for, for Ruth. Ruth decided that her daughter-in-law was very, very, very strong and strong-willed. Her daughter-in-law, she didn't want to go away without her when they sojourned into a different land. So she decided that she was going to stay right with her mother-in-law. Ruth told her mother-in-law that where you go, I will go. Where you sleep, I will sleep. Your people shall be my people. She spoke this to her mother-in-law. And Ruth's life, we know, was a journey that was redirected. Her life was repositioned. Ruth, he faced the unknown, living as a widow in a foreign land. She left everything behind and she started anew. And she knew that God was on her side. God was with her. He positioned her. He protected her. He provided for her. And he also used her lineage to bring about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you currently are finding yourself in a situation where you need to be redirected or repositioned, remember that God will ordain your steps just like he did Ruth. He will protect you. He will provide for you. He will position you right where you need to be. And he will bless you right where you are. God will keep you in his care. He will shield you. He will defend you. And he will take care of all of your concerns. Now and to eternity, you will never walk alone. I wanted to share that because that is what the Lord has done for me. Also, I'm wearing this hat tonight in honor of my late husband, the Reverend Curtis L. Robinson, Sr. He transitioned to be 
with the Lord on September 7th of last year. And when he transitioned, he gave me about two weeks before he left this earth, he gave me his blessings to go on with the ministry, to preach the word, to teach the word, to continue the podcast going, to live my life. He also gave me his blessings to move on down to North Carolina. We were living in Michigan at the time. And he gave me his blessings to remarry, should the Lord send someone else into my life. So I thank and praise the Lord for the peace of God that rests upon me from my late husband, Reverend Curtis L. Robinson, Sr. And you all remember my family and his adult children in prayer on Thursday, September 7th, as it will be the first date of the first year of his transitioning with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord has a keeper and he has kept each and every one of us. However, we all need prayer. So continue to lift us in prayer, especially on Thursday, September the 7th. We have a special guest with us this evening and I'd like to introduce him to you all. But before we do our formal introduction, of my guests, I would like us to watch a countdown screen. And as we count down the screen, I also would like for you all to go out and invite your friends, invite your families, invite your loved ones to join us this evening for the Lotus Flower Podcast. We are streaming live here on the Dr. Pamela Robinson Facebook page. And we are also streaming live on the Lotus Flower YouTube channel. And just type in your Google browser, the Lotus Flower YouTube channel, and that will come right up. You can also stream with us once again on my Facebook, which is a public channel. And you can also listen to the podcast as of Thursday, after I've gone in and I've edited our podcast, it will be uploaded to those audio platforms. So wherever you find your audio platform, you can listen at work, at home, at school, in the car, at the mall, wherever you find yourself and whatever time of night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week streaming, not only in the United States, but all over the country and all over the world. This is a global international podcast. Once again, this is the Lotus Flower Podcast. Stay tuned.
The Lotus Flower Podcast, episode title, The Impact of Social Media and Parenting, Season 3, Episode 23. Featured guest, Mr. Terrace Todd, B.S. and M.E.D. Host, Dr. Pamela Robinson. I would like to share with you now Mr. Todd's website as well as his bio. Thank you. Mr. Terrace Todd. Terrace Todd began his motivational speaking career with quite a critical audience. 36th graders in his classroom. More than 20 years later, Terrace has significantly expanded his public speaking portfolio to include topics including politics, education, and ministering the gospel to crowds who are inspired by his message. Terrace credits his love for wanting people to succeed by using their gift of his continual success. Terrace was born in Battle Creek, Michigan and grew up there with his mother and two brothers in the home. His grandparents lived nearby and played a significant role in raising Terrace, as well as his father, with whom Terrace spent school breaks on weekends in Detroit. Terrace is a product of the public school system in Detroit where he attended grade school through high school graduation in 1991. In the fall of 1991, he attended Norfolk State University before returning to Michigan to pursue a bachelor's in science and education degree from Western Michigan University. He later received, a, received from WMU a master's in education degree in educational leadership. Terrace launched his educational career as a sixth grade teacher. His student data showed student successes in reading comprehension and writing, but many of his students have shared acidonial stories with Terrace and will, and will tell you that Mr. Todd's motivational stories played a much larger role in their classroom success than did a history book or classroom notes. After teaching for six years, Terrace moved into middle school and high school administration for more than a decade. During, the, during this time, he also was an adjunct professor at the college le level, was a top level administrator at an alternative high school, and was director of programming at a youth residential treatment center. It was also during this time that he that it was moved on Terrace's heart to make an impact in his community politically. He spent a decade as an elected official on the Calhoun County Board of Commissioners. As an elected official the, and community leader, Terrace served on various nonprofit boards and groups, and he graciously received awards for his dedicated work, including the Frederick Douglass Award and a Professional Leadership Award from the NANBPW. 
the most recent prestigious honor terrorists received as having been inducted into the Battle Creek Central High School Hall of Fame for his work as a teacher, administrator, and local leader in government, ministry, and education. During his years as a local leader, Terrace continued his motivational speaking events, speaking at school-related events, church-related events, and in the corporate sector. Terrace and his wife, Karen, are the co-founders of My Brother's Keepers Incorporated, a guardianship conservator enterprise. In addition to owning a business, Terrace is an ordained minister. Along with his wife, the two founded the Green Pastor Campus Ministry at Michigan State University and ministered the gospel to college students for several years. Terrace is honored to have served on several state and national boards of directors over the past several years, including the Michigan chapter of the Frederick Douglass Foundation, Norfolk University Foundation Board of Directors, and via party election, vice chair of the Michigan Republican Party. It was during this time that Terrace began speaking to various conservative organizations across Michigan. He also spoke before Right to Life groups, GOP chapters, and has spoken on many panel discussions with topics varying from why I chose to be a conservative to knowing who and whose you really are. In 2020, Terrace was appointed by the White House to be the executive director of the White House Initiatives on Educational Excellence for African Americans, where he highlights successful educational initiatives across the nation and spotlights them on a national platform. His initiative also aims to strengthen the nation by improving educational outcomes for students. One of his first initiatives after being sworn into office was hosting a virtual roundtable on fatherhood as an essential to student success viewed by educators and fathers across the country. Fatherhood is a passionate topic for Terrace. He is the author of Father, Where Were or Weren't You? When asked what his mission in life is, Terrace says, my passion in life is changing yours forever. Terrace and Karen reside in Michigan and have three teenage daughters, Destiny Marie, Naomi Leah, and Taryn Elise. Mr. Terrace Todd, I would encourage you to peruse his website at your leisure. As you can see, there are testimonials here. There is a link whereby to contact Mr. Todd. There is a link whereby to schedule Mr. Todd for speaking engagements, and there are a plethora of other 
things on the website, such as Mr. Todd's book and merchandise. And there's also a very important link whereby you can sow into Mr. Terrence Todd's ministry and his lifelong work. Thank you so much. Be sure to peruse his website in your leisure. And now I would like to bring onto the screen none other than my lifelong friend and a man of God that I have served in ministry with in Battle Creek, Michigan for over a decade, roughly 15 years ago. And we once had the same spiritual father. And I admire Mr. Terrence Todd and his wife, Miss Karen Todd Hiley. And once again, consider them both to be lifelong friends. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to our podcast, Mr. Terrace Todd. And I would like for you at this time to greet our guest in whatever way that you feel the Lord leading you to greet them this evening. Well, that was <laughs> quite interesting, um, uh, Dr. Pamela, that you actually shared that bio. Um, of course, I have to do some updating on it because, you know, my daughters are now uh, young adults. You know, right. we still have one in her teenage years, but uh, but still, you know, they'll always be my babies. So I guess that's OK. Yes. But but yes. no, but thank you very. Yeah. Thank you very much, um, Dr. Pamela, for having me today. Um, it's truly a blessing to be with you again. Uh, it's great to see you. And again, my condolence to you and your family and to uh, your late husband's um, uh, adult children as well. My condolence to them as well. Uh, praying with you all. You know, you had a, uh, he was a great man. You know, I used to watch, um, uh, you know, your social media, I uh, think, which is interesting because we're talking about that tonight. But uh, I used to watch you guys on social media and, and I just saw the love between the two of you. You know, I saw the love. I saw the love of God. I saw God's hand on your life and uh, the ministry that he has blessed you both to have together as a couple. Uh, and it's truly a blessing to see that, you know, that husband and wives are working in, uh, uh, in you know, in collaboration together on a particular ministry. And it's, a, it's also a blessing to, to hear that, you know, he has granted you his blessing to, to go forth, you know, because, again, I mean, you know, life goes on and um, he's in the presence of the Lord. So <laughs> that's right. That's, right. That, that's that's a blessing that um, he leave. He leaves you with his blessing to still carry on what the Lord had you both doing. And so um, he say, hey, the, the show doesn't stop that. I'm gone. <laughs> that's right. And so basically that's, that's what he, he said. He really yeah. said that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a blessing mm -hmm. to hear. So, but no, but thank you so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to being a blessing to the uh, listening and viewing audience tonight. Yes. Yes. And I know that I, I read your bio and it's a just, it really is one that is honorable. Mm. Your life work. Tell us a bit more about your life work, because of course you said you needed to update your bio and you've sure. done some work and, and whatnot in the political sure. arena. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that before we go into our topic tonight? Sure. Yeah. Just uh, just make a reference to, for example, like my daughters. I mean, you know, uh, my oldest daughter is now a graduate of Michigan State, you know, Destiny Marie. She's um, 
uh, on that path to being an OBGYN. And so she's studying for her MCAT right now, but she's also mm -hmm. taking what is called that gap year and she's getting her clinical and research um, experience out of the way now, because as a matter of fact, uh, the experience she's getting now is normally given to students who are about second or third year into their med school. So, so she's okay. getting it on the front end. So, so she's okay. about that. Naomi, uh, Naomi Lee, she's um, a junior now. Wonderful. Um, she's doing great work mm -hmm. over at the uh, Western Michigan University. She's in the marching band there. She's one of the leaders in the marching band this year. And um, she's studying psychology, you know, interestingly. And uh, and then Taryn Elise, our baby, our youngest daughter, she's um, at Clark Atlanta. She wanted to go okay. to an HBCU. And I don't know if she got that from me going to Norfolk State University, but, but she wanted to go to an HBCU. And so Clark Atlanta offered her an academic scholarship and a band scholarship. So... She chose the band scholarship. She's in the band down there as well. And so my wife and I are both going to um, travel down that way for their first home game this weekend. And so we're excited about that. But she's studying to be a software engineer. And so, but before she went to Clark Atlanta uh, over the summer, she had a very short period of time to be at home right after um, she graduated from high school because the whole month of July, she was there on Morehouse campus because there was this uh, technology camp called Code House Scholars, uh, Code C O D E, uh, Code House Scholars Camp, and they held it on Mo uh, Morehouse um, Morehouse's campus. And so she was there for the whole month. And when that was right. over, she transitioned right over into band camp. <laughs> so wow, look at but, that. But yeah, but these were she was rubbing um, shoulders with uh, engineers from Google. Uh, mm -hmm. and, um, she got a chance to meet with them and talk to them and pick their brains a little bit. My wife and I mm -hmm. flew down and, um, uh, we got a chance to be a part of their opening night, the opening ceremony. And so we were mm -hmm. in downtown Atlanta at the Google, um, location there on the 24th floor. And wow. they were sharing with us about the program and, uh, they share some testimonials from cohort one and one and two, uh, she's cohort three. So, um, and what was interesting about that is, is that the founder, one of the founders of that program uh, was a part of one of the virtual roundtables that I had when I worked for the White House at the Department of Education. Um, is that right? Yeah, he was just birthing that program. And then here it is three years later, my own daughter is benefiting from that program <laughs> he started. So it was truly wow. good. So, um, so we're, yes. we're truly grateful to the Lord, man, that um, all this is aligning up together. And so... So, yeah, so that's kind of if I were to add any else, you know, any other thing to my resume, it would be that or should I say to my bio. And um, mm -hmm. I'm just coming off my um, my time with the Heritage Foundation. So when I left uh, working with the White House, I went to the Heritage Foundation, which is a um, uh, public policy foundation here on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. And so mm -hmm. I had that opportunity to be there as well for a little over two years. My last day was just last Friday with them. And now um, I'm getting ready to go into what the Lord has really called me to do. And that is to run for Congress. And so, Praise God. so yeah, so I'm here in the state of Virginia, uh, Virginia District 7 will be the district that I will be, um, you know, planning to make this run at some point in time soon. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing the will of the Lord come to pass for my life, because this was all prophesied to me about 10 years ago from Bishop Hugh Smith. Uh, my father, still my father in the gospel, um, he told me that the Lord was sending me to D.C. And then as I was here working amongst all these, you know, um, great men and women uh, here in D.C. on Capitol Hill, um, mm -hmm. the Lord started giving me visions and I started seeing myself on, 
you know, the house floor. And then I saw myself being mm -hmm. sworn in. And so Bishop told me, he said, that's where the Lord's sending you. And he said, he mm -hmm. sees it clearly. And so I said, well, let's go. So we, okay. about it. we had to pray about, okay, well, Lord, where did you plant me? And so right. that's how I ended up here in the seventh district of Virginia. So, um, uh -huh. so more to be shared with that, uh, as I start that next journey. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's honorable. We need more men of God, God fearing men and mm. women in the political yeah. realm. And yeah. I thank God that you are just walking in your calling. And mm, thank, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Yeah, I don't know you. if that was the first time that you shared. Mm, publicly, yeah, yeah. I think that, so. Yeah. It's right here on the Lotus Flower Podcast. I just shared. That's right. That's right. Because I know we had that conversation, Terrence. Yeah. yeah. And and all. And, uh, and I'm so proud of you. And I Thank just want once again the audience to know that we go way back. We go oh, back yeah. probably at least at least four decades. I'm, yeah. I get you not uh, 30 years back. Yeah. We both 30 started years. at a ministry at Emmanuel Covenant right. Church International in mm -hmm. Battle Creek, Michigan, under the covering at that point of it was a bishop. Oh, at that time, I don't think he was bishop. I think he was. Right. Um, yes. But at, yeah. at that time, Bishop Smith, he Smith Jr., just an awesome man of God. And so I thank God that he's still your father in the gospel and that oh, yeah. we met and we connected. You, I, I remember when Mr. Terrace Todd here first got married <laughs> years back. Now I'm dating myself. But I remember he first got married to his lovely wife yeah. before you yeah. had your three beautiful daughters and like all. 24 and years we, now. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we may not, the three of us may not talk that much, we see each other on Facebook and it's a mm -hmm. spirit thing. Our yeah. spirits are yet, are yet connected. Absolutely. A lot of people in that from that ministry that cut our teeth together, I like to say. That's we right. Are still <laughs> we are still connected. Absolutely. As brothers and sisters in Christ. Just Amen to that. Yeah, I yes. love it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, so do I. So um, as we go further, tonight we're going to talk about the impact of social media and parenting. And mm -hmm. it's fitting. Why? Because kids have just gone back to school. Yeah. Many of them, yes, have just, some of them started before Labor Day. And then now all of them have started because now we're after Labor Day. And mm -hmm. we know those have transitioned back to college. Your young adults are in college and all. And so this is a very fitting topic tonight. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And when I ask you what it is to pray, I wanted you to pray about what the Lord would have you to share with the audience. You mm -hmm. said, you know, you already had it in your spirit that you wanted mm -hmm. to talk about this particular topic. And so I wanted to ask you, Terrence, why did you um, choose this topic? Why is this such a, a passionate topic for you? Yeah, well, it's, it's very passionate um, for me simply because being an educator by profession, um, you know, my heart is really with families and, and their children, you know, um, in the world that we live in today, you know, uh, kids have access to so much information uh, right at their fingertips. You know, some I've seen some as young as two years of age thumbing through cell phones and, you know, and who only God knows what images are actually coming across those cell phones or what apps are on those phones for them to kind of put their little fingers on and get exposed to something that could probably really damage their spirit and their soul um, for a lifetime. And so, um, so that's why I'm really passionate about this because I think what's happening in the social media and tech world today is it's creating this gulf between the parent and the child. Um, mm -hmm. And unfortunately you have some parents who are, uh, you know, they, they're somewhat guilty of just handing their, you know, young children their phone to play games and stuff like that. But 
But unfortunately, social media and these games and whatnot and these apps are kind of like the kids' babysitters. You know what I mean? That's right. So, That's right. So I want to kind of shine the light on the fact that uh, it could be extremely damaging to your child's spirit uh, and it can ruin them for the rest of their lives. And as a matter of fact, my experience here in Washington, D.C., I've had uh, an experience of listening to some parents who have actually testified of, you know, their children being dragged down a dark hole of depression oh and then eventually suicide as oh a result my. of being exposed to toxic uh, information on technology platforms that some of these companies are fully aware of, you know, that oh can't be that toxic. So, so yeah, so I'm very passionate about that. And, um, and uh, you know, with me, like you mentioned, I have three daughters. I can only imagine, you know, if they were younger and we allowed for technology to raise them versus having, mm -hmm. in, you know, being actively engaged as parents, you know, mm -hmm. I can only imagine, you know, how, how this could have gone because um, according to um, some data that's out there, according to the CDC, for example, they said that over the past 20 years, 87 percent, um, uh, there's been an 87 percent increase of suicides in young teenage girls from the ages of 15 to 24. And for oh, young right. males, it's, for young males, it's been 30% increase in right, uh, right, suicides. Right. And that's mm -hmm. all because they being, they're being exposed to these social media platforms over time. And, um, and so there's a ton of studies out there and um, I could share some of that tonight uh, from mm -hmm. some of the people who have done the research and whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. to kind of talk about how toxic these platforms really are and how parents need to be actively engaged in their children's everyday life, including on social media mm -hmm. platforms. So that's why I chose this topic. Hey, that's good. And there is, so it sounds like there is a direct correlation mm -hmm. between social media and these high uh, deaths of suicide and depression and anxiety and some mm -hmm. mental health challenges and all. I would imagine. Is that correct? That is correct. As a matter of fact, um, there were a couple of people, a young lady by the name of Jessica um, Holtzbauer. She's a licensed clinical social worker. And she also talks about, she testified about how smartphones are, are by design, they're to be designed to be very addictive. As a matter of mm -hmm. fact, it also talked about how just the mere fact of us being able to pick up our cell phones, there's a dopamine release into the brain. I see. Uh, oh, with young children, you know, and um, mm -hmm. there's another doctor, Dr. Christine Stabler of uh, the University of Pennsylvania. She also talked about how uh, social media to young children, it's, it's also it's kind of like, you know, the, 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 the high that adults would get on slot machines, you know, when they're at oh, the my. gambling. So so there's a there's certainly a correlation between the two. And there's uh, some physiological shifting, if you will, uh, and chemical Thing, chemical reactions that actually take place between uh, children and them being able to access cell phone and technology and social media platforms. So, so it's really scary and um, it's really unfortunate, but uh, this is pretty much where we are, you know, that our children yes. now have access to the world of information and, uh, mm -hmm. and it's unbeknownst to their parents because their parents are probably not as aware of how toxic and how damaging this can be to their kids. Exactly. And they probably just see it as something as cute as that, that, that mm -hmm. isn't. Um, it's just innocent. I'm just giving them a, a phone. And what? That's right. How is that going to be damaging? But tonight, we're going to actually educate mm -hmm. those parents and caregivers and loved ones and 
youth group leaders, whomever that yeah. might be in that kid's life, we're going to actually shed some light on why this is a, an issue. Mm-hmm. And I consider it an, ep- an epidemic. So mm-hmm. as we move right. on to um, our first um, question tonight, um, how is social media impacting parenting? Well, for one, again, kind of we kind of alluded to it, but um, it's impacting parenting is because uh, what's happening is, again, a, a distance, a great distance is being created between the parent and their children. So in other words, um, because of the dopamine release and because of the information that their children are having access to, um, I'm kind of reminded of this. When Jesus had told his disciples that there are things that he would have to share with them, and I'm not quoting it verbatim, but there are things mm-hmm. that he wanted to share with them, but he said, but they were not, basically they were not ready for him right. to share that. They were not in a position for him to share as much information with them because they wouldn't be able to bear what he had to share with them. Well, these were grown men. So now we're speaking of children having access to information that gives them access to the world. And, um, and so the reason why it's impacting parenting is because what happens is over a course of time, the more your child is exposed to the world and some of this toxic information that's out there luring them into this dark hole, um, you know, at some point in time, parents are going to look up and wonder whose child is this, you know? And so right. that's, what's actually happening. They're realizing that their children are actually changing. So and that's how come they're getting calls from the school and saying, Hey, you know, little Mikey or little, little Jenny, you know, they've done, and they're said, they said these things and, right. and parents are kind of shocked. It's like, well, where did they get that from? Well, a big part of it could possibly be because they've had access to social media platforms and they're exactly. learning this information from. So, so that's mm-hmm. why, why uh, I think uh, a lot of this is impacting the parenting is because there's a distance that's being developed or created between the parent mm-hmm. and the child as a result of their children having access to this information too soon in their life. That's good. And uh, Mr. Uh, Terrace, um, is this impacting all social economic status levels, or is it only impacting those that maybe at the lower income levels? Yeah, that that is that is. Is it is it across the whole spectrum? It's across the entire uh, spectrum. You know, as a matter of fact, um, a colleague of mine, <clears throat> her name is Kara Frederick. She um, literally had done some studies. She's the director of tech policy at the Heritage Foundation, mm-hmm. and she actually had written uh, an article uh, titled "We Want." our children back. Uh, and what, what she was doing was quoting an actual uh, English actress uh, at an awards event that was taking place, I think it was in 2023. And that, that actress had actually said that, and she was speaking to the technology companies that we want our children back because I see. she knew that this technology was raising their children. So, so you have a pretty affluent individual that's receiving an actress right. award, you know, who's right. you know, pretty well off. Um, and so she was saying, hey, we want our children back because she realizes of the damage that was, you know, being done to her children as well, because she was a mother of three. And so um, so her children, you know, she probably come home or when they come home, instead of interacting with their parents, they're probably going to their bedrooms and thumbing through their phone and interacting with whoever on that on the other side of that social media device. Mm-hmm. So so, yeah, so it is impacting all spectrums. So it doesn't matter um, how much money you make. Everyone has a cell phone. Everyone has access to 
uh, the world through social media platforms. So, so yeah, it's on all spectrums. It's really just a matter of what group is actually allowing their kids to have more exposure to it because then they're being fast tracked down that dark path a lot sooner than some others who have lesser amount of access to it. And that's one of the things that we're going to get to later is a tip for parents is to kind of control that, you know. I see. And yes, and uh, we will we will give you some information, audience, on what you can do to control mm-hmm. this situation. And I, however, before we move down into those further into those questions, I know sometimes it seems like it's overwhelming and it's out of control when it's like, well, how can I shut it down? How can I stop my kid from accessing social mm-hmm. media when it's when they could? I might say, well, I'm sorry, you can't watch it here in my home. You can't yeah. have the phone in my home. But who, who am I to say that when they leave outside of my door, yeah. that they're not going to get their peers' phone. Yeah. They're not going to get on the computer at the school That's right. or at the library. Even though we have some safety guards on those computers at That's the school right. library, there are ways of getting around it. Right. So sometimes parents may and caregivers may feel like, you know, can I actually get a handle on this mm-hmm. situation? Yeah. But I'm here to tell you that I believe you can. I, yes, my you kids can. are much older, so they didn't grow up in the social media. They weren't yeah. like endowed in it because, you know, they were a little bit older. That It just had, it was just coming on the scene when they all were um, getting to be young adults. So yeah. I kind of missed that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And all. But um, I'll have you talk. Com- he'll, Mr. Todd will comment on that further on down as we sure. talk mm-hmm. and all, but I just really wanted to get that out. It was in my spirit there. Mm-hmm. No good. Um, Thank you. So, um, so what, what's the impact on children, social media we're talking about, I see those and welcome to you all that are listening and or watching this evening. I see you out there and we're talking tonight about the impact of social media mm-hmm. And parenting, season three, episode twenty-three, and we're just back from a month-long sabbatical for those that are reconnecting with us. And my special guest tonight is none other than Mr. Terrace Todd, a good friend of mine, lifelong brother in the Lord. And we are talking tonight on the um, question of the impact of social media on children. And if you have something you want to share or a question that you want to ask, I want you to type it in the chat, either on my Facebook page or on the YouTube channel, and go ahead and type that in the chat. And if we have time at the end, we will address those as well. So um, this is a big question here, Mr. Terrace, about mm-hmm. what is the impact, because it's huge. Yeah. The impact that this thing is having on the children. Yeah, I want you to try and break it down. There's a question that I ask people as a clinical social worker. I ask my clients, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. Is in the room, the big old elephant. Imagine <laughs> with me, the big old elephant in the room. Yeah. How are they going to eat it? One bite at a time. That's right. So I want you to tell us how can we, this impact, what is the impact, first of all, that it's having on our children? Well, again, um, I'm going to go to the extreme because um, the extreme is 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 alarming. The impact that it's having on a lot of children is to the point of suicide. 
Um, yes. You know, we know that on social media platforms, uh, a lot of cyberbullying takes place uh, and those kind of things. But they're also being influenced by entertainers and those kind of things. But but the extreme, I want to say, is suicide. Uh, again, I, yes. we shared the stat a little bit earlier. According to the CDC, uh, over the past 20 years, um, teenage suicide in young girls and teenage girls has risen by 87% from ages 15 oh to 24 goodness. and 30% for males in that same age group, 15 to 24. Oh and so to me, 1% is too much, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. For a child to take their lives due to the fact of toxic you know, information being shared or being released on social media platforms. And so, so the impact that is having on children is um, the extreme, it is suicide. They're taking their lives, basically. Oh my. And, and why do you think that it, that it is having that type of res result or effect on them? What, what causes them to want to mm -hmm. commit suicide because they are um, actually mm -hmm. partaking in social media? What, what is pushing well, them into that? Area. Well, well, one of the main things, according to research um, that was coming out through clinical, uh, some clinical folks and people who have done the research, a lot of it has to do with image. Uh, it's, it's, it has to do with branding. And so, you know, we know the spirit of rejection and abandonment is real. And so, so what's happening is, is that our young people are creating and developing these relationships with others on social media, uh, people that they may have never come in contact with personally, but they've created this illusion as if like this is their best friend, so to speak, or this is the love of their life, even though they've never held their hand or seen them in person. But but social media has the power to influence and get people to believe that they have these connections. And so there's a soul tie that's being done. I see. And that's being created with these young people. And, and again, like I said, they're being exposed to these things too soon, too early on in their lives. And so it's damaging them. And so as a result of that, when a separation happens, when that person wants nothing else to do with them or when they feel like they are now distant and now being rejected, then, of course, <laughs> then comes that public pressure. And then they feel like they're worthless and that they mean nothing in life. And so as a result, you know, parents are finding that their children are either taking drugs and, you know, to commit suicide or just taking their own mm -hmm. lives, you know, with some other means, you know, uh, as opposed to medication, medicating themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this this is all based on a false reality. That's right. That has been created for mm -hmm. the kids, not only kids, but we're focusing on kids. So the kids to see. Right. They're seeing this false reality and they're actually believing that these things are real mm -hmm. to the degree that it affects them when it doesn't pan out the way they think. That That's right. Good. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, I see. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's quite unfortunate. And, um, you know, as as a clinical social worker, I have in the past treated kids mm. that have suffered from depression and anxiety and um, antisocial personality disorders and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And they have been tied into social media. Not all of it was, but I kid you not, at least. 20% of the children that I did see and see in my private practice in Michigan, mm -hmm. they did have some ties to social media yeah. and all that mm -hmm. were, that oh, yeah. were driving what they were going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's where the cool kids hang out, right? That's where everybody who 
um, uh, is, is real cool and popular and uh, this desire uh, to be worshiped and to be liked is all out there on social media. You know, if you are uh, in touch, you know, with the world and you're up to date on the latest news on social media, then you're the hip person, right? You're the one that's, that's right. kind of, you know, you're, you're the rock star, you're the celebrity, so to speak. And so, um, so that's that public pressure again that they're dealing with. And, you know, one thing that I, I, I want to point out here for parents is that parents have to understand, and I'm getting kind of into my tips here. Um, they got to understand that social media is, is, is mainly for advertisement. You know, uh, it's not to sell goods and stuff like that, but it's, it's to create this false, like you said, this false reality or an image or a brand of how they want to be perceived, you know, by the world. And so that's why you have some that are very, you know, just open on these social media platforms with their own lives. They put all their business out there and stuff like that because it's how they want to be perceived as, as an individual. And when they no longer are being perceived that way and they're being rejected, then 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 the pressure comes on. And that's why they're going down that dark path to eventually ultimately take their lives, take their own lives. Yes. And perception and wanting to be perceived a certain way. That's right. It, it actually it spells a spirit of insecurity mm -hmm. that the person, of course, when you're a child, your parent has to put in you and let you know who you are. That's right. That's the right. Parent, that's the parent's job to plant those seeds of identity. That's right. That's right. You are. Yeah. And they, yes, it isn't the social media's job to actually give you your identity. Good point. Many, many parents, you know, mm -hmm. that are listening and caregivers and those that are in the children's lives, we've got to let our kids know who they are. Mm -hmm. And you got to let them know who you're, who you're not. You're, you're not this thin model that's, that's yeah. so thin. You can almost see through the person's bones because that's looked at as <laughs> been beautiful, you yeah. know, and all and, and whatnot. And, those types of things, we've got to be able to speak to those children. And mm -hmm. I don't want to get into your tips, but we've got to be able to speak to them and speak into their into their spirits. No, spirits. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that you said that so well. And, and if I may interject here, uh, Dr. Pamela, if you notice that I'm losing my light, um, I was on natural sunlight just a little while ago. And so the sun is setting. So that's why you can kind of it. I mean, I'm okay now, right? You can see me okay yes. right now? I, yes, we're just, you're just fine. Okay, good, good, good. So, but you're absolutely right. Uh, this is the importance of, of parents uh, being able to, I've always said this, even in my book, um, you know, I've always said that a father or a parent does at least three things. They affirm, they provide, and they protect. So that affirmation piece is very important uh, because affirming your child early on in life it, it, it lays a strong foundation for them. In other words, when someone in the world speaks something contrary to what the parent has already spoken in their child's life, then mm -hmm. the child can actually let that roll off their back because mm -hmm. they have not, you know, uh, believed that, you know, they've only mm -hmm. held on to what their parents have called them, you know, and what God mm -hmm. has said about them. And so, so that's why mm -hmm. that piece is very important. And you're absolutely right that uh, a parent literally affirmed their children along the way of who God has really called them to be. That's right. That's exactly right. And keep doing it. Yes. You know, you don't just do it one time. That's right. It's something you've got to keep speaking into them. Yep. I and do it to this day with my girls. <laughs> that's right. When they get up in the morning, 
when they're when they're little like that, when they get up in the morning, you can have them say affirmations, even That's as right. teenagers, but especially little kids, <laughs> they can say those cute little affirmations while they're eating their cereal mm-hmm. and all getting ready for school, brushing those teeth That's right. and whatnot and plant that seed in them. Yes. And it, it will grow. Whatever will you grow. plant. Oh, yeah. Whatever you plant is going to grow. That's right. And all. Yes, yes, yes. And so the impact is it is huge. It is. The impact that it's having on our children. And when we say children, we're not just talking about little three year olds. That's right. You are you are talking about all the way up to teenage years, young adults and all. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's inclusive of everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes, especially teenagers in that those foundational years where they becoming young adults. Correct, correct. As we move further into the into this topic of social media and how it is impacting our children and how it actually is actually impacting the way that we parent our kids, mm-hmm. we know that um, these big tech companies that are amongst us, yeah, they should be held accountable. When we say big tech companies, will you expound on first mm-hmm. of all what what is meant by a big tech company? When Your we big say tech, that? well, a big tech, and I'm glad you asked that question. Your big technology companies, and we just say tech for short. But your big technology companies are people like TikTok, people like Google, people like YouTube, um, Facebook, and those kind of platforms. These are all big tech companies, Microsoft or whoever. These are all big tech companies that. Um, must be held accountable. And um, the way we hold them accountable is through uh, legislation. You know, the government has to get involved at some level um, to hold them accountable and they are being held accountable. For example, I know the um, the federal, uh, the, the, there's, a, there's a federal uh, uh, case or, or that had come against someone like TikTok, for example. So TikTok was actually uh, a fine, not sued, but they were fined uh, I think it was like in 2019 because of the content that they were putting out on uh, mm-hmm. social media data from your children. Oh, and, they, and they were, you know, so they were bad actors, but they were fined something like $5.1 million or something like that. But oh, keep my. in mind, TikTok's revenue was like $140 billion. So that was just a drop in the bucket to them, you know? And then, um, and then later, Google and YouTube were also fined. Uh, I think they were fined a little bit more. I think hundred, yeah, it was one hundred and seventy million. They were fined, but their actual revenue was one hundred and eighty billion dollars. And this was in twenty nineteen. So big tech companies are being held accountable uh, for this type of stuff because they are doing nefarious types of things, and they know the impact that this is having on. Our children. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, as a matter of fact, Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook, uh, yes. they had done a study years ago. They had done a study and they realized that their content was toxic, especially oh, especially to teenage girls. And oh, so, my. when you do an own study on your own product and you find out that it's toxic, mainly to teenage girls, mm-hmm. then we have a serious problem because you know. Uh, that that lets us know that you have ill intent because if you're not changing the course that you're on and you're not changing the content and revising it so that way it's more, uh, I guess, uplifting and more empowering to our young people, then we know that your ultimate agenda is to damage them. Case in point, right. that's why I know when uh, I worked for the previous administration, 
they're the ones that actually kind of shine the light on TikTok and how um, they were being very toxic and how they were collecting a lot of our information, specifically children's information, sensitive information too on your children. But oh, it's interesting because TikTok's platform here in the United States is totally different from the platform and content that they have in China. Here in the United okay. States, it's all mm -hmm. about entertainment and stuff like that. People tap mm -hmm. dancing and singing and doing all this other stuff. But in China, their children are learning how to, you know, uh, they're learning STEM career stuff. You know, they, oh, nice. they're feeding them information on probably how to be the next one to go to Mars, you know. Oh, my. They don't, they don't have the luxury or the leisure of being able to have access to this type of content. So if they're not accessing it there, then why are we allowing for this to be done here in the United States? And so right. thanks be to God, we do have some advocates and we have some allies in Congress, uh, one being Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee and also Senator uh, Richard uh, Blumenthal of Connecticut. They came out with the Kids Online Safety Act. So they reintroduced that act that literally takes things a step further when we're talking about protecting our children's information. Uh, but it takes it a step further because that act literally uh, goes into protecting their uh, their mental and emotional well-being and their physical well-being as well. Keeping content that promotes, you know, sexual uh, content that promotes suicide, that promotes violence, keeping that stuff out of reach of children. So so mm -hmm. hats off to those folks in um, in our Congress for being able to re, re you know, reintroduce that act because it's actually mm -hmm. having um, at least a positive impact, you know, along the way. And that's how you hold these people accountable for, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And you find them, you hit them that's in their right. pockets, you know. <laughs> that's right. You hit them well, every time you hit them in the pocket, they will think twice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's good. Will that be a part of your, of your platform, the social media, as you branch out further? Yeah, it will be. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mo mostly, um, mostly the whole education and family piece. I think... Um, those are two parallel. Um, those are two parallel roads that I kind of travel because I'm so mm -hmm. concerned about the family, the family unit as a whole, as well as education. Um, and you know, of course, we'll get into crime and those kind of things. But, but, but my main thing is really to focus on the family um, and and being that person that literally is a champion for families, uh, being re, you know, families being actively engaged in their children's in their children's lives. And so, because we know that the cornerstone of a, any civil society is the family, you know, God, That's right. God put us in families for a reason before there was government, before there was the church, mm -hmm. before there was anything else, any institutions of learning, it was the family. And mm -hmm. so, uh, because it reflects the family of God. And so, so anyway, that's going to be my biggest thing once I'm out there. And, and how, how do you plan to actually be able to embrace so many parents, you know, you got, you have, you're all over, you're going to be, you know, of course, stationed in one place, but you'll be speaking to a platform Correct. that's going to be actually global. Mm -hmm. Do yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's just it. I mean, you know, and again, so technology has its place, right? So exactly. to be able to speak to the masses, I mean, you know, you're going to have right. to, I'm going to have to utilize some technology platforms to be able to get a mass a, 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 a message out to the masses for the most part because technology will take you places that your car can't <laughs> that, that's exactly right so yeah. i so i'm glad you said that terrence because there are instances where technology can yeah. be 
actually a blessing to mm -hmm. us. That's right. That's right. And but you've got to be able to use it in such a way that it is going to be a blessing and not mm -hmm. a cursing. That's right. You know, and that's what we got to teach our kids. I don't think you're on here tonight saying that take all the social media away mm -hmm. and we nope. shouldn't use utilize it at all because we both know, you know, this platform of the Lotus Flower podcast wouldn't be out on right now without it streaming over the platform of social media. That's there right. There is a way. There is a way. There is a way. Yeah. That we can actually utilize this, the gift that we've been given. Remember yeah. when we were all in COVID? We were all in COVID and all the churches right. had to really go online. Yeah. And yeah. we, the kingdom, the body of Christ, utilized mm -hmm. social media to the degree that's there were some Sundays that my husband and I, we were on social media with our ministry and we couldn't even get in because oh. the, the lines were so busy. Oh, wow. You know, because it was so busy on some of some Sunday mornings and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So there is a there is a reason that I do believe that we have this platform. But we as parents and as caregivers and as adults that are overseers for those children, we've got to be able to take the by the rim, take that's them right. by the rain yeah. and teach them how to utilize it that's in right. a way that's going to be uplifting and mm -hmm. impacting, not a way that's going to actually have an adverse. Yeah. yeah. And, adverse if I may, and if I also may add, Dr. Pamela, um, another thing about that act that I was sharing with you, the uh, Kids Online Safety <laughs> Act, um, another thing that it does is it, 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 it allows for um, the state's attorneys general's uh, to be able to hold these tech companies accountable, to, to be able to allow for parents to have more administrator access, because like 77% of parents that are out there, they are in favor of having that administrator level access to their children's um, social media platforms. So, mm -hmm. so there are right. things there that could hold these people accountable uh, that gives parents more access of being able to monitor and control the content that are that's being put before their kids, and so so that's another thing that that um, online safety act does. That's it. That's excellent. That is just mm -hmm. excellent, and uh, knowing that there is hope, there is, and that to me that speaks of hope. Yeah, that's that right. Act speaks of there is hope to mm -hmm. keep it going, but have it in such a way that it's going to be palatable, mm -hmm. in such a way that it won't. Maybe it might um, help to take away some of this adverse effects that we're having with the high suicide rates and depression yeah. and anxiety, mm -hmm. comparing ourselves against another child and That's right. those types of things. That's right. Yes. So uh, what are some of the solutions for parents wanting to address the concerns? Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, one solution I just mentioned that, uh, again, the kids online, <clears throat> the kids online safety act, um, so, so with that, because that is coming from Congress, you know, it's coming from senators, as a matter of fact, uh, that's pushing that. I mean, I guess, you know, parents could uh, be aware of things like that, what legislation is out there and kind of talk to uh, even your from your local to federal legislators or representatives and say, hey, you know, uh, where are you at with this Kids Online Safety Act? You know, I want you to help support this because I don't want my children being exposed uh, to content. And I want people held accountable for who are doing nefarious acts with trying to lure my child into that world as well. 
And so, <laughs> so that's one solution. Another solution is uh, a, a tip that I want to share is is the fact that parents, you gotta you gotta understand how these apps work, right? So. <laughs> A solution is to figure out how these apps actually work. What was true two years ago or a year ago is no longer the case. And right. so you have to be mindful of how these apps actually work. Another tip or solution could be to create a media plan um, with your children. A media mm -hmm. plan, in other words, either with your young child or your teenagers, in other words, kind of talk about um, what actually is acceptable content that's on there and talk to them about the importance of the fact of once you put stuff out on social media, there's no taking it back. So mm -hmm. talk about the permanence of actually posting things on social media that could be damaging to them. So you got to have these open and honest conversations with your children and with your teenagers because um, it's going to help guide them with being a little bit more responsible, you know, for the use of this technology and these social media platforms. And so, so those are some of the things that I just kind of wanted to share as solutions uh, of parents trying to help curb or to change uh, the activity that their children are having on social media. And, you know, and, you know, you could put other things in place, too, because I know some things were actually mentioned in some of the studies, uh, like with right. your younger children, of course, you know, of course, you know, uh, you know, when it's bedtime, everything gets shut down. Um, mm -hmm. you, shut your, you shut it down even at school. You wait until school is over with and whatnot before you turn that device on. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I know they'll be so tempted to do so because they want to control their friends. But I mean, but there right. are still some ways where you can control it. Now, let's be mindful, parents, that you're the one paying the bill. You right. So, so <laughs> you know, I always tell people the dog, the tail is never wagging the dog in my house. So that's if, right. Amen. If I am not satisfied or in support of my daughter's activities, then we just pull it away. You know what I mean? And so right. so you got to be bold enough and confident enough that, you know, you're, you're actually helping to save your child by creating these barriers or these boundaries for them and not having access to uh, their cell phones or their social media devices. And now and like you said, Dr. Pamela, I mean, you know. Yeah, there's ways around it. They can get on it on, you know, at school. But guess what? The school is not open 24 hours. So That's when, right. when school, you know, they have limited access to it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they can right. probably slide into the computer lab or whatever. But again, they got to be in class during the day. So they can't be in there. So it's a very limited amount of time that they can access that, you know, those social media platforms versus mm -hmm. having a cell phone and they can access any time. So if you take that cell phone away uh, mm -hmm. or that device, then oh well, then they're stuck with limited access, and you know until they can be more responsible. So yeah, so those are just some yes. solutions that could actually be be out there. And then so now I'm I'm going to push it a little bit further. Mm -hmm. So imagine that you took the cell phone away because we do pay the bill, and <laughs> they don't have a job at this time if they're younger, and so they don't have a reason. They don't have no way to pay it. That's right. However. When you take it away, then you have a whole backstory to deal with. When I yeah. say the backstory, I mean you're gonna be getting some some really bad lash from yeah. some of the youth. Not all of them are gonna give you the back the backlash, but there True. will be some that will. They will give right. you a hard time and a hard yeah. way to go. You wouldn't. Mm -hmm. They'll be a little hellion. You yeah. wouldn't oh, yeah. live in the house with them. Yeah. So then you've got to be ready to deal with all of that. Yeah. So 
So, and how would the parent deal with that, with the backlash that they might get when they try to set those boundaries? Yeah. You know, I, I still say kind of like that law that they have with, with, with other things called stand your ground. You know, you are the okay. adult. The Bible says to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from it. It what? The way that you train them up. So for those of you who may not have children as of yet, or may have one in the womb, or may have just birthed, the best way is to not get started. <laughs> you know, create those, create those boundaries early on, then, you know, the backlash right. will be minimal, if any at all. You know, and That's so, um, but, but, you know, truthfully, when you get that backlash, especially from your teenagers, you know, uh, that goes to show how addictive these devices and these platforms really can be because nothing should come between a child and its parent. If, 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 right. if a child is going to give you that kind of backlash or claim that they're now going to run away from home and all this other right. stuff, that right. lets you know the spirit behind what was actually going on. <laughs> That's right. And so, exactly. so what you're doing is literally mm -hmm. unplugging them to that from that world that had them going down a dark path. And so so anyway, just be mindful of that parent. So that's how I would deal with it. I mean, I would say stand your mm -hmm. ground because you're the adult, you're the parent. That's right. Exactly. And I like that. Thank you for sharing that. That sure. if you if you start when they're young, you mm -hmm. plant the seed when they first come out of the womb, you won't have as much to deal with. You still might have some, but then yeah. there's always hope. Yeah, there's always hope, even if you have even if you don't start it until they're 13 mm -hmm. and they've got all this stuff planted inside of them. Yeah. And they give you this backlash. There still is hope because yeah. the Bible says that greater is he that's, that's right. within me than that's he right. that is in the world. And yeah. the Bible also told us that I can do that's right. all things through Christ Jesus. Oh, yeah. That strengthens me. <laughs> That's right. And he did say that, didn't he? And yes, he said he we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Come on. But against That's right. Principalities. That's right. Wickedness and rulers in high places. That's right. So as a parent, that's a Christian. Yeah. I'm speaking to the Christian people tonight. That's right. And we're speaking to everyone. But this right here is for those that are Christians. Mm -hmm. You got to believe what the word says, that this spirit you're wrestling with is not a flesh and blood spirit. That's right. So some things you're going to have to fast and pray. And you're going to mm -hmm. have to get on those knees and you're going to have to ask the Lord to give you the strength yeah. and the wisdom yeah. to know how to deal with that spirit that might be on your child. Yeah. So yeah. don't think because they're 13 and you're just starting to plant, you might have just got saved, just learned about the word and how to actually apply those scriptures. Know that mm -hmm. there is hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, right, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad God, there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. Another thing to be mindful of, and I'm so glad you said that. Remember, Jesus told Peter that Satan seeks to sift him as wheat. He That's said, right. but, but Peter, I have prayed for you. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> right. So, so they got to be mindful of, like you mentioned, the principalities and powers that that devil is so crafty. He's coming after your two-year-old. It doesn't matter. He he has no respecter of person. He has no respect for how young they are or how old they are. He could care less. The ultimate That's goal right. is to destroy the entire family, and he's trying to come through the children. No question about mm -hmm. it. So, parents, you got to create that boundary. You got to create those boundary lines. If you also recall, uh, Dr. Pamela, um, and I know we're going to be closing here real quick, but um, I want to add this. 
I was thinking about because I have three daughters and you have two, um, you know, when Satan, it, it kind of goes back to Eve, right? When Satan or that serpent in the garden, when he spoke to Eve and Eve told that devil that God had told us not to eat from this particular tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, That's right. because we would surely die. Remember that serpent, then he gaslighted her is what we call it today. He gaslighted her and said, well, no, you shall not surely die. God only told you that because if you eat from that tree, then he knew you, you would be like him. So, right. so not only was her disobedience to God's order a, a big deal, but remember Satan, remember why he was, it was Lucifer. Remember why he was cast down in the first place because he desired to be worshiped. And That's so right. what social media, come on, Holy Ghost, I feel this thing. What, okay. what social okay. media does is it creates mm -hmm. a platform for our young people who are not really uh, chronologically prepared for that, for that battle. It creates That's a platform right. for them to desire to be worshiped. That's, that's right. exactly why you got to be mindful of giving them mm -hmm. less access to that world, because that's where that devil is. That's they right. desire to be worshipped like God. Mm -hmm. That's why you mm -hmm. see so many young ladies. I, I mean, I, I see a lot of my former students and some, you know, when they're out there, they're doing all kinds of things on social media. You know, right. I mean, uh, and, and, and all I mean, clad, just all half dressed. Absolutely. Exposing nice themselves have clothes on. to right. the world. Exactly. The people they will never meet, they're exposing themselves to. And right. keep right. in mind, again, being an educator by profession, I have literally seen individuals lose opportunity for scholarships and jobs because someone mm -hmm. went and looked on their social media pages and it ruined mm -hmm. it, destroyed their opportunity. So be mindful oh, of that right. too as well, parents. Amen. Amen. And the word of God tells us that the devil comes not only to do these three things and it's to steal, kill That's and right. destroy. Oh, yeah. Steal, kill and destroy. And it talks about, you know, the pride of life and the That's lust right. of the eye. That's the, right. The eye gate that Good people point. seeing stuff through and the lust that they're lusting through. Is that right? That's true. You know, and all and all those things are tied in together. We as Christian people. We know what is going on. Yeah. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. That's right. And there is nothing new under the sun. In Ecclesiastes chapter nine, it talks about there's being nothing new under the sun. The social right. media stuff may be new, but it's it's but it's a different form of new. That's right. Good point. It's a different form. It's in a whole different package. That's right. So there you be go. Wise. That's be right. wise. The devil has packaged this thing up really beautiful. Yeah. And I can hand I can hand you tonight a gift. Mr. Terrence, I could give you a beautiful gift. It could be had a nice bow on it, whatever mm -hmm. your favorite color is. That's right. A beautiful box. And I could get it just uh, actually gift wrapped at this really nice store. I won't mm -hmm. do it myself. Like I wrapped my, my son's gift this Sunday myself, and it wasn't the best wrapping. <laughs> but I will give you yours from the specialty <laughs> store. And I'm going to hand it to you, and you're going to open it. And when you open it, it's not really going to be something that's going to edify you it's going to actually be something that will edify you just for a season that's right because sin is pleasurable for it is pleasurable season. Yeah. for a season a season but after you have didn't get that gift and you have used it for a season yeah it's going to come back to bite you that's right in the 
you know what. That's right. And you're going to pay for that. That's right. So we've got to be careful and mindful at this time of how this social media is impacting our children. And our topic tonight is how social media is impacting our parenting. Yeah. Parents, we want to hold you accountable tonight. We're not we're not coming down your street to like be mean spirited or something like that toward you, but we are we I and I believe my brother in the Lord want you to feel some conviction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when we feel conviction, conviction is not condemnation because the Lord would never That's condemn right. us. Yeah. But he does convict us because any good father would what? Chastise their child. That's right. Any good father that really loves their child, they're going to correct that kid. That's they're right. not just going to let him run out in the street and get hit by a car. Yeah. They're not. So I believe that my guest tonight has the love of the Lord in his heart. Absolutely. And I believe that the Lord has given him this particular message to share with the listening audience tonight because he's a man of God and he cares. Yeah. And he doesn't want to see social media ruining the kids. Mm-hmm. And actually, he wants to equip the parents. That's right. Now, Mr. Mr. Terrace has a book that he's written. And I would like for him to share with us before we end the podcast a little bit about the book. It is a book that is going to equip you as parents. If you've not already purchased it, there could be some on that are listening that know him Mm -hmm. that have purchased this book. And so if you have not purchased the book, he's going to tell you a little bit about it and how you can go about getting, getting it. And I have it here on the screen as well, that, that he's the author of father. Where were or weren't you? Tell us a bit about that book and how they can get it and how that book might help them. Well, actually, Dr. Pamela, um, I want to, instead of that one, because that was my very first self-published book, let's take them to the one that's on my website, uh, terraceetai.com, which is titled Just Being There, A Parent's Guide to Raising Children. I want them to get that one. That would be, there you go. Thank you very much. If they go to my website, they could go on um, uh, to buy, you know, purchase the book or the merchandise that's on there. But on there, it'll be a, it'll be a link there that will link that book to the Amazon uh, that they can actually literally go on there and uh, purchase that book. The reason why I'm saying that book is because it literally breaks things down on how to raise children. And it's kind of given the analogy of building a house, laying a foundation, putting the walls up around your children setting the roof over your children. In other words, the roof being uh, maybe a board of elders, some some matriarchs and patriarchs in the community that or in the church that you give uh, some authority to kind of oversee the affairs of your children. But, but it mm-hmm. speaks to uh, raising your children is almost like building a house, right? And so, yes. and, and then I kind of speak from a spiritual standpoint of the importance of these things, you know, Remember I said a father does at least three things or parents do at least three things. We affirm, we provide, and we protect because those are at least three things that God does for us. He affirms. Remember he told Jesus, this is now, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, hear ye him. So so he was affirming who Jesus was. And so that's the same thing that we need to do now with our children before the world gets a hold of them through the course of social media. So again, Terrace E. Todd, thank you. It's up on the screen, terraceetodd.com. You can go on there and purchase the book, uh, Just Being There, A Parent's Guide to Raising Children. It is out on Amazon. It's been there. I think I, I published that 
about two, three years ago, I think it was. And so it's done really well, to be honest with you. And so mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm looking forward to it being a blessing to you as well. That's, ex that's excellent. And not only that book, but I also would encourage the listening audience and those that are watching to go to your website and peruse your website because you've got some very good resources on the website mm, as you. well. There is an opportunity for you to sow into Mr. Terrace Todd's ministry and his life work and Thank his you. political arena. There is an opportunity for you to sow into good ground. We know that Bible talks about when we sow, we will reap. That's when right. When we sow, we will reap. Mm -hmm. And when we sow generously, the Lord will actually reward us generously. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you all to have an opportunity to be a blessing to my guest tonight, Mr. Terrace E. Todd, my lifelong friend and brother in the Lord. And also we were once uh, in ministry together yes. at a church in Battle Creek, Michigan, where we served for probably over, well over a decade together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you said, about 30 years ago. <laughs> yes, yeah, about 30 years ago. Yeah. And I thank God for that. And he and his beautiful wife, Ms. Karen Todd, just a wonderful, she's a, um, she had, not an author, but a. She, she's a journalist, but uh, but now she's a uh, speechwriter for the president um, at Western Michigan University. And she also worked in uh, uh, state government. She was in the mm -hmm. House of Representatives as well as in the state Senate in the, in the state of Michigan. So she worked for our um, state senator's office. She was with him for like six and a half years. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. I had to catch myself because when I last uh, was um, caught up with her she was a reporter for the yeah. Peak inquirer that's right that's right yes and that's been many moons like they say many oh, moons yeah. ago <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but she was excellent then at her gift and i'm I so thankful yeah, for thank the you. two of you and i thank you for being my guest this evening once Thanks, again man. second time around on the podcast yeah second look time forward around. look forward to coming yes. back whenever and I you look, want i was looking so forward to having you back on again just a quality person thank you thank you dear thank you so it. much i'm honored is there anything you want to share that you didn't have a chance to with our listening and or viewing audience before we close tonight um, actually, no, I think I think I'm good. I think, um, you know, just going to the website is important. As, as a matter of fact, on the website uh, for public speaking purposes, there is a spot on the website that people can go there and actually book me. You know, matter of fact, my wife is the one that would probably get the um, uh, get the request, get the form. You can actually fill the form out right online. And then that request will go to my wife and then she'll kind of, you know, plan my schedule whatever if you need me to come and do some public speaking or whatever. Uh, or even on, you know, on social media, uh, you know, on a, you know, which, which whatever the platform is, um, mm -hmm. she'll find a way or figure out a way to make sure that I'm there to be able to speak. Because I get asked to speak all the time at different things. And so it's what I enjoy doing. Uh, mm -hmm. And anytime I can be a blessing to God's people, that's what I want to do. And so, again, remember, I had said that um, my uh, my mission in life is to change yours forever. And um, that's exactly mm -hmm. what we intend to do. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. That's, and I am one to, to attest to the fact that I believe that you are doing just that mm. because you have the right hot heart posture. Your heart is right and it's pointed right toward the Lord, you thank know, you. and the Lord is able to bless that. Thank you. And very I much. thank God for your humility 
and just your sense of, of love that you have for people and service. Mm, so yeah. I think I am so grateful. I would like to ask if you would close us in prayer at this time. Sure. Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together. I pray your blessing upon my dear sister, uh, Pamela and her family and uh, the blessing of uh, her late husband and the imprint that he's had upon her life. We thank you, Lord, for your message that you sent through his life, through his ministry and through their ministry together and even through their children. I pray your blessing upon their children. I pray the blessing of the Lord that it maketh rich and you add no sorrow to it in their lives. And I pray the peace of God rest upon her household and everything she sets her hands to. We pray your blessing on the listeners and the viewers of this podcast. I pray, Lord, that this podcast would be one that will continue to reach those all over the world. And we pray that you bless it uh, a thousand times more, Lord, that it would reach even more as we're speaking now. We pray your blessing over it. Thank you for her diligence. Thank you for her commitment to the gospel and to the ministry of the Lord and to do exactly what you have created her to do. Lord, we love and honor you. We bless you. We bless every family that uh, that's out there. We pray that families would be healed and brought back together and renewed in strength, that the hearts of fathers would return unto their children and children would turn unto their fathers once again, Lord. Yes. We pray your blessing upon every household, upon every mother that's with child. And we pray the strength of the Lord be with those uh, those couples and that they would uh, find the importance and the necessity and the need for them to come together for the sake of their children. Lord, we love and honor you. We bless you. And we give you all praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for being our special guest this evening. Thank you very God much. Rich. God bless you, dear. May God richly bless you. Have a good evening. Thanks, you too. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The Lotus Flower Podcast, season number three, episode number 23. Episode title, The Impact of Social Media and Parenting with my special guest, none other than Mr. Terrace Todd, author of Father, Where Were You or Where Weren't You? Mr. Terrace Todd came and shared with us this evening about the impact of social media and parenting. He spoke about how social media is impacting parenting. He talked about what's the impact on children. He also spoke about our big tech companies being held accountable. And he concluded with sharing with us what are some of the solutions for parents wanting to address the concerns of social media and the impact that it is having on their children. Be sure to go back and listen to this episode once again in its entirety, take notes, and ask the Lord, what are you sharing with me specifically from this podcast episode, and how can I apply what was shared tonight to the lives of my children and those that are in my sphere of influence. Even though I may not be their parent, 
I still may have an influence on that child's life. So ask the Lord to help you to utilize some of the information that was shared. And be sure to go back, look at Mr. Terrence Todd's website in its entirety. It's posted here on the screen. He has several books that he has written centered around parenting. He has products that you can purchase, and he has an opportunity that you can give and sow into his ministry and into his lifelong work in politics. I am once again, Dr. Pamela Robinson of the Lotus Flower Podcast. You may stream live with us every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, streaming live on the Dr. Pamela Robinson Facebook page and streaming live on the Lotus Flower YouTube channel. I will be posting the podcast episode to my audio platforms as of Thursday after I've gone back and I've edited the podcast from tonight. I will post that on those audio platforms and you can listen to the podcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week, wherever you find your podcast. I would like to encourage you to like, comment, and to subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. Each time you do so, you will never miss an episode. The podcast will drop right there into your inbox and it will be waiting for you to click on that link and watch it at your leisure. Be sure to share this podcast with your social media network, with your family, friends, and loved ones, because they will be encouraged and they will be empowered and their lives will be changed. I want to leave an encouraging word with you tonight once again. And it is from Ruth chapter number one, verses 16 through 17. And the story begins like this. It was a tragic loss. Ruth and Naomi, many of us know the story. Ruth became the daughter-in-law of Naomi. And as her daughter-in-law, years later, she faced the loss of her husband. And she transitioned from her role as wife to widow. Her journey that once appeared secure was disrupted by tragedy. After suffering the losses of her husband and two sons, both their husbands, Naomi decided to return to her homeland. Now, Naomi, she was attempted to depart from her two daughter-in-laws, but Ruth refused to accept Naomi's goodbye. Ruth a broken yet strong woman of God was determined to embrace a new future by following her mother-in-law back to her land. This is where the story begins in Ruth chapter one, verse 16 through 17. And it tells us that there was a tragic loss. Ruth says, 
but do not plead with me to leave you or to turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you sleep, I will sleep. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and worse, if anything but death separates me from you. Ruth was talking to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and she was determined to stay by her side. Now, as Ruth journeyed with her mother-in-law, she was redirected. Her life was repositioned. Ruth faced an unknown future as a widow in a foreign land. She left everything behind that she knew. Yet God wants never, ever, ever for one time did he leave her side. And through it all, he ordained her steps to a field where she would be protected, provided for, and positioned for blessings, including a lineage through which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came from. That is found in Ruth chapter number four, verses 16 to 22. If you currently find yourself being redirected and repositioned, remember the following truths. God will never leave nor forsake you. He will ordain your steps just as he did Ruth's, protecting, providing, and positioning you and yours for blessings you could never fathom. God will take care of you, shielding you, defending you, and taking care of all concerns that you might have from now throughout eternity. You will never walk alone. Now, I want you to know that through Boaz, which was Ruth's husband, through both Boaz and Ruth, they were unaware of what decisions their very lives were going to play in God's sovereign plan for his kingdom program. You see, by submitting yourselves to the Lord's agenda, you open yourselves up to his sovereignty not only to benefit yourself, but to benefit the kingdom of God and generations after you. As I told you, God used that very lineage to bring about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, out of tragedy and out of loss, God used that lineage, and God will do the same for you. 
So hold to God, God's unchanging hand, and you will never, 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 never walk alone. Once again, I am wearing this hat in honor of my late husband, the Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr. He loved his hats. He was a sharp, well-dressed man. And I actually purchased, this is a woman's hat, and I purchased this hat, and he had his hat, and that looked very similar to this. And he used to wear his, and I used to wear mine, especially when we would take our staycations in Chicago. We loved downtown Chicago, spending time down there together, and we would have our hats on, and I would be styling and profiling. So tonight, because the anniversary of his death is coming up from one year. It'll be Thursday, September 7th. I thought that I would wear this hat tonight to honor his memory and to let you all know that I am just fine, that the Lord is a keeper. He said he would never leave nor forsake me or you, and he has done just that he has been right by my side and he has poured out blessings upon blessings, overflowing and full of joy. Keep us in your prayers, myself and my adult children and my husband's three adult children. Keep all of us in your prayers as we come upon the first anniversary of our dear loved ones transitioning to heaven. It will be Thursday, September 7th. Say a special prayer for us that day. And I would like to once again, thank you all for joining me tonight for the Lotus Flower Podcast. Once again, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Lotus Flower podcast in wellness, grace, and in all humility, I am your host, Dr. Pamela Robinson. Thank you all for joining me this evening, and I pray that you would have an amazing rest of the night, rest of the morning, rest of the afternoon, or rest of the day, wherever your time zone is that you find yourself listening in, have an amazing day. And I'll see you next week, Tuesday, streaming live on the Dr. Pamela Robinson Facebook page and on the Lotus Flower Podcast YouTube channel. Be blessed. Bye-bye for now.